much into the contest. It is Monday, the 1st of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. And uh, I saw Thor the other day, the movie, and Russell Crowe uh, played Zeus in the movie. And look, not everyone listening is going to remember Con the Fruiter, but many people <laughs> your age and my age will. Mark Mitchell, of course, the comedian, played a... I suppose he was a Greek fruiter with his accent, and seriously, really, I promise you, Russell Crowe sounded like Con. Couple of days, couple Zeus. of days. Sula dola vola dola in the guppy. Couple of days. Go and watch it and tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, Brian Fletcher, the former footy player, even put something out on Twitter, and I thought that's 100% correct. <laughs> All right, there's a stack of sport, real sport to talk about. Justin Langer, he's joined the Channel 7 commentary team out of the coaching and into the media. Kyle Chalmers, hasn't it been a drama? in Birmingham, but he's uh, he swum the lights out this morning. And Richmond's miracle comeback. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. So your old mate Justin Langer from the Cricket Academy, he's... uh, He's, uh, he's put down the bat and picked up a microphone. He has. Uh, look, there's no doubt Justin Langer has a wealth of knowledge um, and was a fantastic mm. cricketer. I just don't think I'm going to be tuning into Channel 7 to listen listen to him commentate. He's, uh, we all know he's pretty, he's pretty angry. And maybe he's going to be like one of those Muppets, uh, you know, Waldorf and Statler that sit up in the box and just, uh, <laughs> just yell out abuse. <laughs> I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, he's um, as I said, he has a lot of knowledge of the game of cricket, but I don't, th- I don't think he's going to be a great commentator, to be honest. So Justin Langer will be in the commentary box. We've got a, we've got a huge <laughs> summer of cricket. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Then, of course, Australia heads off to England next year for the Ashes as well. Now, Ash Gardner, what about her unbeaten half century, steering Australia to a really good win in the Commonwealth Games? Yeah, fantastic win. The Aussies were in a bit of trouble at four for forty-one, uh, and Ash Gardner. Uh, Probably played one of the best innings of her career so far, at least to get the team home, scoring 52 off 35 balls. We're chasing 155, and you'd have to say that's almost a gold medal match there in itself, playing against India. Um, Australia has had some really um, good games in the past against India. Uh, very strong as a creating nation. So a very, very good win for the Aussie girls. Don't know where to look at the Commonwealth Games, and I, I don't know... Is it suffering a little bit of relevance deprivation? What do you think? Is it, is it capturing the imagination of your crew? No, not really. Not yet anyway. It's, um, and I don't know whether it's just because of the time that it's on. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really hard to sort of sit down as a family, particularly when it's late at night. To um, I watched it with a few mates on Saturday night, uh, and, and it was good. But, yeah, not great. It's, um, look, we're doing well. We're currently sitting on 13 goals already. Um, eight silvers and I think eleven bronzes. So um, the, our performances are great. It's just uh, I think it's just the time of night that it's on, Tim. Oh yeah, we're winning every every single medal in the pool. It seems like uh, mm. uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and uh, Emma McKeon again uh, performing brilliantly. I think she's now the the winning most uh, athlete in the pool for the Commonwealth Games from Australia. Kyle Chalmers. Now this is this has been drama filled, hasn't it? He's uh, he's really. 
um, got himself down, um, and I feel for him. He's only a young kid, really. They're, they're 23, 24 and younger, all of them. Uh, but this whole sort of love Christ or whatever you want to call it mm. has uh, got inside. He said, oh, this morning um, I did note that he, he broke uh, the Commonwealth Games record in the semifinals of the 100 freestyle. So he's, he's swimming all right, but he's having some trouble uh, out of the pool. Yeah, well, he's, um, he's addressing those um, rumours and, you know, there was a... a yeah, you know, a thrice going on as you said, Tim. But look, he's um, and Ian Thorpe has actually reached out to him and said, "Look, he's obviously struggling a lot. He has had mental health issues. Um, he is doing really well." And and Thorpe, he said, "You know, there's two ways to deal with this: either, either you read everything in the media and, and you take it on board, or you don't read anything at all." And um, yeah, he's obviously struggling. Maybe he needs a break away from the pool after the Commonwealth Games. Yeah, it's a, a better policy to ignore, ignore, ignore. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I'm not Kyle Chalmers, but I've had plenty of people call me a dickhead on Twitter. So you either take it on board or you block them. <laughs> what do you do? You know. But yeah, but look, yeah. that seems simplistic. I'm a lot older than he is, and uh, look, but swimming is one of those sports uh, that it, it's a difficult. Um, uh, what would you call difficult relationship? Uh, lot, lots of swimmers have trouble, don't they, um, away from the pool. It's a very lonely sport, Tim. It's, it's not something that you, uh, you know, it's not like being in, in, a, in a football team or even a cricket team where you do have a lot of guys and you spend a lot of, lot of hours talking and communicating. You don't, you don't do that mm. in swimming. You pretty much put your head down. You look at a black line on the bottom of the pool and you just swim and swim. Early hours in the morning, you're tired, you, you go, you're training, you make sure you eat correctly. You do it all over again the next day. It's um, it's a very, very lonely sport. And I think a lot of people really come to terms with what was that all about, particularly when you give up your formative years and, you know, your chances to go out with your other friends and you miss out a lot of social stuff. So it's a, it's a, it's a real big um, sacrifice and not everyone handles it well post-career. Yeah, well said. You, mm. you spend most of your life looking at a black line, don't you? Mm. Now, now golf is an individual sport, but you get to walk around and play with people. Uh, but Phil Mickelson, he's been heckled, hasn't he? Uh, of course, he's sort of the poster boy for the the, the Rebel Golf Tour, and uh, a few people have ripped into uh, Big Phil. Well, this guy who heckled him yelled out, uh, you know, um, do it for the Saudi family. And Mickelson put his first shot into the bunker and then got a bogey. So he's walking around telling his mates that was him. That was his voice on TV. But does Phil Mickelson going to really care? He's got $200 million in, in the kick now. So, man, I'd put every ball in the bunker if someone gave me $200 million. It's a, it's a big number. I don't think it's going to worry him too much. Yeah, I tend to put every ball yeah. in the bunker yeah. or the P155 and I'm getting paid nothing. Um, <laughs> Jack Nicholas one shot. Nicholas Jack the next. Yep. All right. Now, this was a nice story. Ash Barty and uh, Gary Kissick, her long-term boyfriend, tied the knot in a in a fairly low-key affair. Yeah, and, and only a few tennis players there. Um, Pat Rafter um, was there representing the um, the Aussie tennis community. Um, but, yeah, a secluded little ceremony up in Queensland. And um, he looked he looked sharp and, and she looked beautiful. So congratulations to Ash. Oh, I have a bit of a soft spot for Ash. I think she's a fantastic ambassador um, and continues to do so and uh, a real champion. Yeah, I think we all love Ash yep. Barty. And look, there's, there's part of all of us that like her see, her, still see her playing tennis because she's just an extraordinary athlete. Yep. All right, stay with us. Afternoon Sport, AFL, NRL and much more on the way. Now, what about Richmond? Um, they're still kicking, Shano. This was a miracle comeback. Well, I was watched this game, and when they were 
I think, 42 points down, seven goals down. One of the commentators said, you can't be uh, a team this good for so long and not have fight left in you. And that was one of the great bit of commentary that I've heard in a long time because they turned it around and it was uh, Tom Lynch at the end who, who got the winning goal. But, yeah, they got some real fight. And um, those wins can, can really change a whole season, not only for Richmond, but that loss, Brisbane, that's got to really put a, a scare amongst the guys for how they're going to perform come finals time. And they really struggle to win away from home. GWS were rubbish. And yeah. uh, there's no other way to explain it. Their coach wasn't happy. Obviously, the Swans played well, but he's basically come out and said, we embarrassed our club. He did. That's Mark McVeigh, the interim coach. And, yeah, he basically said that it felt like a lot of their players had just checked out. And I think they have. They're, um, they're probably already playing their uh, post-season holiday. And, and they played that way. But the Swans, 112 to 39. It looks a lot more dominant than the, I think the Swans actually played. But GWS had no fight left at all. Yeah, well done to the West Tigers as we changed to Rugby League. And, Congratulations, Brett Kamali. This was a big win over Brisbane. Now, last week I was on this podcast spruiking Brisbane as a premiership contender, and they've come back to earth with a thud. They've got the Roosters this week at the Sydney Cricket Ground, and uh, this Brisbane resurgence this year, I tell you what, it went right back to zero. Um, look, that's not taking anything away from Adam Dewey, who had a brilliant game for the West Tigers. And they're, they're showing some potential, aren't they? They are. And I think the supporters are going, you bloody beauty, mm. about time. And this is what the West Tigers is all about, is that real fight. Um, and they looked good. They, they moved the ball well, the sharp, the forwards did a great job. I think for the Broncos' perspective, it's a really good um, loss for them at this time of the year. I think it's a, a, they'll need to reset now and, and refocus. I think they'll do that. Um, but congratulations to the West Tigers. It's good to see them back in the winner's circle. Andrew Johns has come out on the front foot talking about some of these dangerous tackles, and, and I'm with him. Oh, me too. Um, because, you know, lots of players who are vulnerable are, are still getting attacked. Yeah, so uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona, um, for three-man tackle, and he goes in with his elbow, and it made, he could break his jaw, not only break his neck. A lot of force went down there, and that was on purpose, and he should be given two to three weeks for this minimum. Yeah, and, and, and attacking kickers, you're still seeing kickers get attacked, aren't you? Look, I, yeah. uh, I, I mean, we've got, we've got eyes everywhere. We were at the game yesterday. I watched the Dragons-Cowboys at Cogra, and you see touch judges, and, you know, you've got the video referees, and you've got another referee. It's like, I just don't know how they're punishing some and just missing other stuff. Yeah, well, it amazes me, Tim. And then you, you look at Nathan Cleary with five weeks for that spear tackle. It's, uh, that's a big, big... It's a big, big sentence, that one, but uh, particularly for the Penrith Panthers. But, yeah, I just think that um, there's no doubt that the referees are training hard, that they're doing more work than they ever have. It just seems their performances are going backwards. Yeah, it's an interesting space. Mm. Now, Sonny Bill Williams and Paul Gallen, the whole ex-footy player boxing sort of dribble that we see. I wonder I wonder whether we're going to get to a moment where the whole interest in this is just going to fall away. Yeah, it's, it's a real slow build-up, isn't it? And um, Sonny Bill doesn't seem to want to fight Gallon, or at least not now. Maybe he's waiting for him to not do any boxing for a little while and uh, maybe try and take him on then. But he's basically, his format is he takes on people who are over 40, this is Sonny Bill, and then they have to be foes of uh, of Paul Gallon, the guys that he's already beaten. So 
Yeah, it's a strange, long setup for a fight if it ever happens. Yeah, I saw them going toe-to-toe on the footy coverage, actually, mm. the Channel 9 footy coverage, Sonny Bill and Paul Gallen. It's um, the, the sideshow yeah. after sideshow. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see those two in the ring, but I'd like to see them sooner rather than later. <laughs> Matthew Delavadova signed a new return to uh, the NBA, uh, Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings, a one-year deal. Um, after a, mm. another good season with Melbourne United um, coming home, um, he's back there and uh, back in the big time. So it's uh, it's a real credit to him. He was obviously a big part of our Boomers um, bronze medal uh, and his performance there. So it goes to show you that, uh, you know, playing for your country, you can do have good performance and, and it can have the reward in the NBA. Yeah, lots of Australians competing so well over yeah. there in the NBA. Uh, we've got a very powerful setup. So uh, who knows? Uh, Brian Gorgian and the team might go one better or two better. Yeah at the next Olympic Games after getting the bronze medal in Tokyo. Now, to finish it off today, mate, Mossman Cricket, of course, a big part of your life and uh, so many great stories. Mate, I, a very good uh, bunch of guys that I played with, a bunch of fruitcakes as well, but <laughs> that's probably the reason that I liked them. But a guy came up from Melbourne, a guy called James Sinclair. Um, and just before I met James, they said his nickname was Sinkers. And I didn't really think anything of it. And I thought, why, why do they call him Sinkers? And they said, you'll see when he sits down. And... Uh, this guy walked in the change room and sat down and made that, oh, jeez. Yes, he had the largest set of testicles I've ever seen. <laughs> Whenever he sat down, he was reminded of how big they were. Poor bloke. <laughs> to take a cushion everywhere he went. Yeah, pretty good batsman as well, Jimmy Sinclair. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. And a big thank you to our sponsors. A fantastic sponsor is the Yosha Group. Timmy, if you're after a horse, go and check out Give the guys a call and uh, they'll sort you out, that's for sure. All right. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimise business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favourite podcast app.